Welcome to the Enlightening Motherhood Podcast. Here you will find a non-judgmental community offering support to mothers raising children with extra challenges. This community was created for you to empower moms who love their children deeply, but are also feeling frustrated, overwhelmed, or just plain stressed out. We are the place for moms who are sometimes feeling at the end of their rope and are looking for hope and light. Join us as we help you enlighten motherhood. Okay. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Enlightening Motherhood podcast. I have with me today a guest that I'm really excited about. This is Natalie Bogle, and I'm going to let her introduce herself and tell you a little bit about herself. But I will say first, I was able to spend some time with Natalie recently up at a girls camp at a church camp, and I loved being there with her and I felt inspired hearing her speak and share a little bit about her family and her story. So I wanted to invite her to share that with you here as well. So Natalie, welcome to Enlightening Motherhood. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And you are so sweet. We had a blast, right? On our hike and canoeing trip with the girls. It was so fun. (laughs) Yes. I loved it so much. It was fun. So you, a little bit about me. I am Um, I live here in Arizona. I grew up in Arizona, which is, I love Arizona. I actually love the warm weather, (laughs) but I have seven kids. My oldest turns 18 tomorrow, actually. And then my youngest is six and a half. And we have two adopted children within those seven. So I have five biological children and two adopted children. Um, I, I run a planner company, which is more of like a spiritual goal setting Christian planner. Um, I've been doing that for a few years. It's called anchor planner. Um, I have loved teaching women how to set goals, uh, really leaning into who God is creating them to be. And it's been fun. It's been really fun working on that. Yes. I love that. I love that you do that. So tell me about your kids and their ages. Yeah. So my oldest is 18. Well, almost (laughs) he just graduated high school. And then my, um, so I have three boys right in a row. Um, my second son is, he will be 16 in next month. And then my third son is 13. And then I have a daughter who is 11. And then we have, um, a, we adopted Ariana and she is 10. And then we actually just adopted Ari's brother, Blake, and he is eight. His adoption was final just about six weeks ago. And then we have our daughter, Hannah, and she's six and a half. Oh, that is awesome. I love that you have adopted children. That's something that has always had a special place in my heart that I've thought about doing maybe Uh, at some point, uh not sure we'll do it now, but I really, I love that. So tell me about that, your experience with uh, mental health and children and the adoption experience. So it's interesting that you mentioned that you, you know, adoption has always been on your mind. It was never on mine. (laughs) I I never, I just never thought that I would adopt. And, um, it was one day that I just, 
was impressed in my heart, you know, maybe, maybe we should do foster care. Like just this thought that came to my mind and my husband and I prayed about it and talked about it. And, um, we really decided that that's okay. That's the direction that we need to go. And so, um, we went through all the classes. It's about 12 weeks of classes. Then you have to make sure your home is, um, up to like, there's just lots of extra things like medicines have to be locked away and all like you have to have fire extinguishers. And if you have a two-story house, you have to have a, like a rope ladder. There's a lot of like extra things you have to do when you have, when you foster. And so we, you know, got our home ready and we got our first placement. Um, she was seven months and she actually, so we did, you know, the state really works to help the children, um, reunite with her family. And so that was her case was to reunite with her parents. And so her mom worked for about two years to, um, just better her own life and make sure that her home was a place that she could raise children. And, um, within that time she had a baby. And so after she had the baby and she actually had older children too. So she, the older children were placed back in her home and then she had the baby. And after we had had Ariana for two years, um, she really felt like her, the best thing for the baby would be for us to adopt her. And so we adopted our first foster placement, Ari. And it was hard. It was really emotionally hard for me with the roller coaster of, um, she's going to go back to her mom and then she's going to stay. And then, you know, there's kind of this back and forth for a little bit. Um, so we decided to actually close our foster care license. Um, it had been, by the time we adopted Ari, it had been three years. So we were good. <laughs> we actually had another baby. Uh, when our, when Ari was officially adopted, our youngest daughter, Hannah was two weeks old. So, um, wow. We, and how yeah. old was Ari at that point? Ari when was you three. Her? Mm -hmm. She was hey. three. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, I, we have this picture, you know, her adoption. I really, she was two weeks old. I just felt like I got out of the hospital, you know, <laughs> right. When we had her, um, but two years later, actually that's not exactly true. That's not true. Six months later, after we adopted Ari, we were asked by the state to take Ari's brother, Blake. And even though we had actually closed our license the year before, we were just going through the adoption process. Um, we didn't realize that this would even be the case. And so we took uh, fostered Blake just through what's called kinship foster care. So just because we had adopted his biological sister, we could foster him also. We didn't need to reopen all of our licensing and things like that. And so we fostered him through kinship for two years and he was able, and his mom um, worked really hard and she, he went back to live with her um, at four. And so we've had an open adoption with her mom uh, since Ari was seven months old. And we usually see her mom probably every, every few months. Uh, so we were able to see Blake back and forth and on and off. And about a year ago, we um, were asked to take Blake back into our home and make it permanent. So he's 
we adopted him just literally six weeks ago. <laughs> oh, wow. This is very recent. Uh-huh. Yeah. Realize, so, so his adoption now. was, was final and it takes a long time. It just takes a long time to go through all the court things. And, um, we, his, his mom signed her the rights over and his dad six months before everything was official. Like it just takes a long time to do all the paperwork and all the court cases and all of those things to do. But as for um, like men, so both of our adopted children have um, disabilities. Ari is autistic and ADHD and dyslexic. And then Blake is um, diagnosed ADHD and he also has behavior I always get it wrong. <laughs> Dysfunctional mood disorder. There's lots of, um, the amazing thing about their diagnoses is such good kids with that are just really trying their best, but because of these special, you know, disabilities and, and even traumas that they've experienced, um, emotional regulation is hard you know, regulating their emotions just in sometimes what we would, you know, air quote, normal situations. Um, and so it's been a challenge. It's been a challenge parenting children with, with these, what I would say, even invisible disabilities, because people, you know, look at, at our children and, you know, think nothing's, nothing's wrong or nothing will trigger them or nothing will, you know, like everything will just kind of go smoothly, which it doesn't go with any kid. <laughs> yes. But, yeah. um, but you know, with certain disabilities and things, social situations are hard or, um, if we're not doing our routine, that's hard. And, you know, so trying to figure out, we just do, we've done a lot of trying to figure things out. <laughs> Oh, I so feel you on that. Yeah. Uh, several. Yeah. Uh, we have five kids and they also, all of them have ADHD mm -hmm. and anxiety. And I feel that with the invisible disabilities, right. people look at them and they don't know that they have these things and just their expectations are in one place and they can't always meet those expectations and people right. don't always know what's going on. So mm -hmm. it can be very frustrating. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Prior to adopting your children who have these difficulties, had you had previous experience with mental health before ish challenges? You know, in my children, not really. Um, we've, we have asthma. <laughs> so more of the physical disabilities, yeah. you know? And so um, we've done lots of doctor's visits and things like that on the physical side rather than the mental health side. And so it's been different. It has been different. Um, my mom has anxieties and things like that. And so it kind of runs in my family. And, and as a mother, I've experienced some of those things, um, but not in my own children before. And so it's been, it really has been a learning experience. And you know, when I, when our foster daughter came to us, um, you know, and she'd been drug exposed in utero. And so it's like, how does that affect, you know, her brain development and all those things. And she would just cry and cry and cry. And, and I couldn't console her and I didn't know why, you know, and 
and you just wonder, but she has a lot of sensory issues. So as I look back, it's like, she didn't really like to be held like, and she still doesn't, she's 10 and she does, you have to ask her, would you like to give me a hug or can I give you a hug? And she's, oh yes, you can. But if you don't ask her, you know, sometimes she doesn't want it. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it has been easier as she's grown, you know, to be able to verbalize how she's feeling and um, how we can help her, but it has not been easy at all. Right. Mm -hmm. So you entered this whole new world of of parenting children with mental health struggles. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot. You have seven children. You have a business. You are a busy mom. You work also. Mm -hmm. So how do you, I guess, make self-care a priority in your life? What, what do you do to make sure that you're okay as a mom, as Natalie? Yeah. So I can remember a distinct moment. Um, we were actually, I was playing with my children. Well, I was watching my children play in the backyard and, um, I had, we had all seven kids. Hannah was probably one and I was completely drowning as a mom. I was overwhelmed. We had decided to homeschool the kids. It had been a few years, um, that we were homeschooling the kids and I just felt lost in motherhood that I was always trying to figure out motherhood. I was always trying to figure out how I could help my kids. And, um, I really just felt the Lord tell me that Natalie, you've got to dive into yourself. You've got to take care of yourself. And so I really started making, um, I decided I would get up early and I know that's not what all women want to hear, but that was the only time I could have alone to myself. And I fall asleep when it's 10 o'clock. I want to go to bed. So (laughs) nighttime was not, you know, that I couldn't do it at night. I needed to set it sometime in the morning. And so, um, I, it's been a whole evolving process of my self-care in the morning. I used to get up and exercise and read my scriptures and pray. And that's what was wonderful for me for a long time. Um, now I've added meditation to my morning routine and I love journaling. I don't even add, I don't exercise right now. I had injured my shoulder. And so I've had to deal I just do stretching in the morning kind of thing as I'm. And so I think, you know, just setting that morning routine, that time that you can have alone with God is huge for your self-care. And that's something that you can do daily. It doesn't have to be, you know, this big thing. I need to go get massages every week, or I need to, you know, go to the worship in the temple every month, every week, or, you know, or I need to, it's, it's a simple daily connection with you and, and God for myself. And so, um, actually with anchor planner, I designed a 15 minute morning routine because I'm like, gosh, it can, it only, it only takes 15 minutes, you know, set some priorities and, um, gratitude in this morning routine. And so really it's just studying the scriptures for a minute, reading, a a little bit of learning, you know, I love to read personal development books, um, reading for just a a few minutes, 
stretching gratitude, um, and then writing your one goal for the day that you want to work on one little simple step. And it takes 15 minutes. And those 15 minutes have been so helpful for my growth because as a mom and as an individual, sorry, as an individual, I'm, I'm Natalie. I'm not just mom, right? (laughs) Yes. Um, I need to grow and learn. And that is where I feel my inspiration and my connection to God and my growth and my excitement. And so even just those 15 minutes is, um, important. And so I actually created a free 15 minute morning routine that I, um, love to give out and it's just through text. So I will just share it here. It's, um, if you text eight, three, three, nine, eight, one, three, four, two, six, and you text morning routine, I'll send it to you. And so it's simple. Um, but it has changed just the way I parent because I am focused on growing myself and my connection with the Lord and finding stillness in my day. Um, it's been huge. I feel like this is what I've been missing in my (laughs) life, in my parenting as a mom, I am more of a night owl and I would spend time at night, a Mm -hmm. few minutes, you know, I'd spend time in the scriptures at night, Mm -hmm. but I love how you do it in the morning and you set your goal for the day Mm -hmm. and it sets that mindset. And I feel like that would help streamline things for me. So yeah, I I feel inspired by that. Awesome. It's, and I, you know, the way we grow is really just, what do we want to work on? What do we want to create? We're all creators. And so I really feel like there's power in setting the intention of what am I creating today? And what is that one thing that I am working on to create, to grow myself, to grow my family, my community, any of those things, but what's the one thing. And maybe it's just smiling at my, my neighbor, or, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be anything huge, but just setting that intention. Um, I was reminded in two different ways the other day of visualization and just that it really is a eternal principle that as we visualize and we think of, um, what we want our day to look like, or our, the, a moment to look like that it is, will come to fruition more. I mean, if we never think about it, we'll never know. (laughs) Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm a visual person. So I definitely can see how that would be very helpful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm So you mentioned meditation as part of your Mm -hmm. practice. Is that guided meditation? Is it just sitting in stillness? What does that look like for you? So meditation has been something that's kind of grown on me. Um, It was several years ago, I would say four years ago that I tried guided meditation and I didn't love it at first, (laughs) but I just felt like, okay, this would be good. People talk about sitting still and and breathing and that it's great for you. And I just couldn't quite grasp it. Well, I um, was introduced to a lady named Brooke Snow and she does Christian meditation. And so her meditations include um, Christ and principles with um, just Christ's gospel. And that like opened my mind to a whole new world. <laughs> of just really bringing in scriptures and, um, the spirit 
to be able to focus my day that way. And it has, I love it. I love Christian meditation. Um, it's usually a guided meditation or I'll just journal with like, um, meditation music or, you know, just kind of calming music. I have really loved journaling my prayers the last few years. It has, it slows my brain and I'm able to just write down the thoughts that come to my mind and really realize that yes, the Lord is answering my prayers in ways that I would have never thought if I didn't sit still for two minutes, you know? <laughs> yes. I love that. And do you write the answers down too in, uh-huh. in the journal? Yep. Yeah. 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 So I just journal. And I mean, I really just start out like dear heavenly father and I just journal and I just write out my thoughts. And then as I'm sitting there, you know, like here are my thoughts. And then the thoughts that come to my mind, I just write them out. And there's sometimes that really, I feel like the Lord's like Natalie. And I even write Natalie and, you know, write down these thoughts that come to mind. Um, and then there's other times that just, you know, I'm just, I'm not sure if it's exactly from him or not. I'm sure, you know, most of the time it is, but it's, it's just a way to slow down the process of receiving inspiration. And it has been huge in my life. I love the idea of this practice. And that seems like such a good way to get clarity Mm -hmm. and um, just to feel more peace. Yeah. The day ahead. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And so the 15 minute morning routine, you can do it in 15 minutes. Absolutely. But I often spend more time than 15 minutes because I love it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, I guess I better go see what my kids need for breakfast, you know? <laughs> right. So aside from the prayer journaling that you talked about, do you do other types of journaling as well? Yes. So I, um, I have the anchor planner that I created and, um, gratitude is in there huge practice or gratitude is huge. It's really, I mean, you know, this, it helps you really just see the good in your life and see where God is guiding and directing and leading you and brings you peace without gratitude. I feel like we're just always, you know, like bogged down in this dark existence really. (laughs) And so gratitude, um, is I write my five things I'm grateful for. Um, the anchor planner actually has lots of different things in it. Um, it, I write what are called seven anchors. They're statements of who I want to become, um, written as if I've already become that person. So some of the things I write, um, I love unconditionally. That's one that I added when with parenting Blake, like really, because he's hard he, he, he has brought some, um, he lies and he steals sometimes. And some of these just, and so I have learned that I have to forgive immediately. Like, how can you live with someone that you can't forgive? Like it, it's just really, really difficult. And so loving him unconditionally with all of these things that he has that, he's learned or our coping skills that he's learned, um, that we're just working through. And so that's one that I write every day. I love unconditionally. Um, or there's other ones like, um, I write, I am a sought after public speaker because eventually I think that would be really fun. 
<laughs> so I write that every day. Um, but then I also pick one to work on and I set just three, uh, actions that I want to take towards that goal. And then I schedule my day. Um, and I write how I want to strengthen my mind, body, and spirit, because I've learned that it, at minimum, if I can read something, study something spiritual and grow my mind and move my body, then I just have way more energy for the rest of the day and revelation from God really. Yes. Yes. I absolutely agree with that. Mm -hmm. So I love that you work on these positive affirmations as part of your daily routine. That's awesome. I recently shared a podcast episode about the power of positive affirmations in parenting uh -huh. and how with using positive affirmations, it actually rewires your brain. And right. it's really amazing the benefits that come from it. And I've started doing that recently too. I really love that practice. It really does rewire your brain. And I kind of, I kind of share this example of, you know, when you see you're searching for a new car and you're like, oh, I love this red Mustang. I mean, none of us are searching for a red Mustang, but just pretend, <laughs> <laughs> you know, my seven children won't fit in the red Mustang, but <laughs> you're searching for it. And as soon as you leave that, you know, you go outside, you see them everywhere because you're searching for it. Like it's on your mind all the time. And so I feel like that's how it is when we write our positive affirmations or what I call, you know, anchors is we're searching for the ways that we can act that way. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. I mm -hmm. love that. Okay. Well, are there any words of advice or encouragement that you have for moms who might be starting out on this journey with parenting children with extra challenges, something maybe you wish that you had heard or had when you were starting out. I think it goes like what I said a little bit earlier is forgive like yourself and forgive your child. Um, because there will be many, many, many mistakes made, <laughs> you know, just many and, and I would also say like lean into your gut. If you are feeling like you need extra help, you need a diagnosis, you need, a um, more people on your team, like therapists and friends lean into them because you're the mom and you really do know what's best and what will serve your child. Right. I agree with that. No one's going to fight for our kids harder than we are, right? As their moms were. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And love, love, love. It's hard. I will. It is really hard. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yes. And like I said earlier, like I really do write, I love unconditionally because I have to remind myself that there are no conditions to my love. And really the ultimate thing that can love and heal and support you and your child is love and forgiveness. Um, and being willing to say, okay, <laughs> he took all the candy into his bed and ate all of it. And I'm pissed about it, <laughs> but tomorrow's a new day, you know? <laughs> yes. That's one of my affirmations. Tomorrow is a new day for my family. Yes. Right. 
and one of mine is I am intentional in the way that I parent my children. So mm -hmm. constantly mm -hmm. thinking about it and not just going on the fly, but really being intentional with how right. I'm going to respond to them rather than react. Right. I find that helpful. Right. And, and working like creating that morning routine, because if we are stressed and, um, then we, as parents, as myself are not as, um, what's the word we like fly off the handle easier, easier, you know, like if you're stressed yeah, yes. then that stress is, you don't have as much compassion towards your children. And, you know, the hard, the hardest thing for me is, is not comparing, like, you know, I have my biological children and my adopted children and each of them have their amazing abilities. Each of them have their, you know, struggles. We all do every single one of us, but some of, you know, sometimes some struggle more than others and just really realizing that they just need love and support and then finding ways that can really help them. Cause with our, um, some that we've just adopted, like he has a behavior coach, he has an occupational therapist, he has his psychiatrist. Um, he just started a Lego group that he's going to, but I have learned a lot from these individuals of tools that I can use. Like we've got a sensory swing. We've got a, um, like a lap pad things that I had seen before, but didn't realize why they were needed and how they were even helpful, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's so many tools out there that we can utilize. Mm -hmm. We know about them. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So can you tell our listeners where they can connect with you if they want to maybe know more about your anchor planner, your morning routine, um, your website, your podcast, you have a podcast. Tell us yes. about those things. Yes. So I would love for you to connect with me. Um, I have a podcast it's called become anchored and it is a podcast about how we are each anchoring our day to who God is creating us to be. And so I interview women and I also share tips on, um, just principles of growth of how we can lean into who God is creating us to be. Um, that's fun. I love doing that. And then you can find me on Instagram at anchor planner. Um, you can also go to my website at anchorplanner.com, And that's where you'll find the planners. And I actually have the prayer. I created a prayer journal anchor journal that you can um, get there also. And then I'll repeat again, the free morning routine is you can text 833-981-3400. And that is a 15 minute morning routine. And it, um, I will text you for five or six days. I'm, <laughs> I can't remember how many days I'm texting you. <laughs> Um, and it, you know, I will get, send you the routine and then I just kind of check in with you and see how you're doing. And so it's fun. It's fun to do that. Uh, this has been so great, Natalie. I've loved chatting with you and you. I love your ideas for self-care with your morning routine, your anchor planner, um, setting the intention for your day. All of mm -hmm. those are fabulous and I'm excited to use them. Thank you. And I would say if you're right at the beginning, you know, you're, especially if you're a mom with kids that need just some extra love, I would start 
with the morning routine, you know, with all the things that I, you know, offer and share, I would start there because 15 minutes can change your entire day. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Natalie, for being here with us. You're welcome. Enlightening motherhood. Thanks. Thank you. I hope you found Natalie's ideas for self-care helpful. Maybe you feel inspired to get up a little bit earlier and set the intention for your day and have some time for yourself. I know I feel inspired by her morning routine and have already started a prayer journal after hearing her talk about hers. I am really loving this practice. I do want to mention that it's okay if your self-care practices look different than Natalie's. While I love the idea of getting up before my kids and having some time to myself in the morning to read and exercise and set my intentions for the day, for me, that doesn't feel super attainable right now at this stage of life. I have kids who often still get up in the night, even though I'm not in the baby stage anymore, just with anxiety or one has night terrors on occasion or bad dreams. And I get up pretty early as it is. And I'm a night owl naturally. Maybe you can relate to that. But I do really try to be intentional about incorporating these things throughout my day or in the evening. And if that's where you're at, that's totally okay. And that being said, I did order her anchor planner and I am so excited to start using it in a way that works in my life. And I, it actually is coming tomorrow. So I'm thrilled about that. I'm really grateful for Natalie for sharing her ideas about setting an intention, your intention for the day and setting aside time for yourself, for personal, spiritual, and physical growth. I love that idea. I want to encourage you to leave a review. If you're on an iPhone, you can just scroll down and you'll see a little ways down the page that you uh, there's a place to leave a review and there's you can leave a rating. Of course, we would love it if it was a five-star rating. I hope you all have a beautiful day and a wonderful weekend with your families.